everyone and welcome to The Cinema Crew with Village Cinemas, the podcast that talks new movies every week. This week we've got Harrison Ford saving a dog in the wilds of Canada in The Call of the Wild. You and I can see what's out there beyond all maps where no one's ever been before. Adventure of a lifetime. The Call of the Wild. A creepy kid makes a creepy doll friend in Brahms' The Boy 2. Oh, my goodness. Look at that. That must be the main house. Come on, dude. Who knew that compiling the Oxford English Dictionary would be so hard? Find out in The Professor and the Madman. We have been attempting to make this dictionary for the last 20 years. The task is gigantic. And impossible. There is a way, an appeal to the English-reading public. We'll ask them to read in search of the words that we want and get them to write the word on the slip of paper. All words and their complete history. Every last one. And a family holiday is plagued by a supernatural force in the lodge. So... How would you feel about going to the mountains for Christmas with Grace? She really wants to get to know you guys. That's this week on The Cinema Crew with Village Cinemas. My name is Barry McIntyre and I'll be taking over Cambo's role just for this week. And while the cat's away, the mice will play. That's Dan Miranda. Yes. And back again to help us out is the lovely Maddie Varco. Thank you. Hi. For your chance to win a gold class double pass coming up a little later on. But first. Buck, you're a long way from home. There's a lot to explore. Dangerous worlds. A river of gold. Wild places. What do you say? Adventure of a lifetime. The Call of the Wild. So The Call of the Wild is about Bark and he's a big-hearted dog whose blissful domestic life gets turned upside down when he's suddenly shifted from his California home and moved to the exotic wilds of the Alaskan Yukon in the 1980s. Um, throughout the film, the pupper teams up with Harrison Ford's character John Thornton and they experience loads of adventures together. And this one's actually um, considered a bit of a classic in the literature world because it's written by Jack London and tells roughly the same story as this film does. Yeah, it is a long history. It was written in 1903. There was a 1923 silent film of it. Then Clark Gable film in 1935. Charlton Heston in 1972. Then there was a Snoopy TV special Whoa. in 1978. A Rutger Hauer film in 97. And then a 2000s TV series, which only <laughs> ran for like 13 episodes. And now we've got this film. This is so strange because I'd never heard of this story before yeah. seeing this film. So yeah, me too. to think that there's been that many adaptations mm-hmm. from the book is crazy. Um, one thing I did find interesting, because this is actually a Disney film, is that it's the first film with the rebranded logo of 20th Century Studios. And yes. They've completely cut out Fox. It's mm-hmm. just a 20th Century Studios film. And it definitely feels like a Disney film. This is something that they would do with the, the family-friendly oh, aspect, sure. the dogs in it. And what this reminded me was Bolto and White Fang. 
And then I realised White Fang was also written by Jack London after he wrote this one. Oh. So this was a progenitor of those types of films. So your classic Lassie movies and stuff, mm. this is where it all started. It's so funny when I guess authors go through like doing the same story in a different context like mm. Peter Benchley who famously wrote Jaws, then went on to write The Beast, which is about a squid or an octopus. So they stay within this sort of world or, I guess, place. Yeah. Mm. And for this one, it doesn't feel as cliched and uh, boring, I guess, for an adult viewer as a lot of dog films tend to be. Mm. So I actually really enjoyed this one. And even though it's family friendly and kids would really enjoy it, it still doesn't feel like it's pandering to kids like it's still an adult film as well yeah and i think you're treading a tight rope in this film because the director chris sanders this is his first live action uh debut and he's done some great films Mm. i'm sure we all remember lilo and stitch uh how to train your dragon and most recently the crude so it's Mm. it's interesting to see he's taking that childlike aspect and applying it to a you know obviously a more contemporary and grown-up audience. Yeah, and we've also got the writer Michael Green who did Logan and Blade Runner 2049, so something completely wow. different to yeah, kids. Yeah, wow. Yeah, how does the dog look? It took Vary and I about 10 minutes to really sort of forget about the mechanics of this film in terms of its CGI rendering because that's how they've done, they've chosen to go with the dog in this picture. It's actually a digital scan of the director's wife's rescue dog who they also called Buckley, which I think is very sweet. Yeah, and he's the same crossbreed. Mm. They must have gone to find one. I'm not sure. It's a St. Bernard Scott Shepherd. Yeah. So I was wondering what kind of, because it's so big and shaggy, this Humongous. dog. Like, Yeah, and all the other dogs are like huskies. Uh, sled dog. Huskies, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wolves and, you know. <laughs> yeah, but do you know what I found interesting is it wasn't just huskies. There was, I think, a golden retriever or like some bitzes. So, oh, yeah, yeah. The, 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 um, the sled team that he gets um, spent sold into mm. i guess they run mail throughout the yukon so they're like they've got a really important job just yeah. on harrison ford he mm. is obviously a draw card for this film his his name's titled above the the title of the film so yeah and yeah. he's only in like yeah half? he he narrates a bit throughout it but yeah. also there was a few surprises a few familiar faces i should say yeah. um you have dan stevens from beauty and the beast karen gillen from guardians of the galaxy and Omar Sai, who Mm. um, is the head of the SLED team and he's from the Intouchables. So who do you think should see this film? So I love dogs, full stop. So (laughs) despite the dog in the film not being real, I I really um, applaud the filmmakers for choosing to go with a CGI buck because I think a lot of what was required of the dog probably couldn't have been trained for any breed and I probably would have been hmm, a bit bit sus on that. So um, I think I really enjoyed that. It's a heartwarming tale that is lovingly told and I couldn't wait to get home and hug my own dog when I I finished seeing it. It's a film uh, I think that is for everyone and if you love that sort of overcoming of obstacles and a tale that really goes in ways you don't expect it to, you will enjoy this. And there's a lot of um, breathtaking scenery of Alaska Mm. in this as well. So I think if you're just after a heartwarming story to take your family and friends to, it would be a good one. It looks like he was broken before and put back together. Who's this handsome chap? Brahms. How'd you come up with that? He tells me all sorts of things. You okay? I just think it's all a little bit creepy. It's no surprise, Vairi, that I love horror films. I'm disappointed we hadn't uh, had a screening for this. However, I'm pretty sure that I know what to expect because 
I really like its predecessor, The Boy. So this film, Brahms, The Boy 2, it's, it's, it's a horror. So in this continuation, the Heelshire Mansion once again is where all the action occurs when a young family moves there and their son befriends a lifelike doll that he discovers on the property and he names Brahms. From there, the mother, Liza, played by Katie Holmes, learns the horrifying truth of what the doll's motivations are and tries to protect her family at all costs. Yeah, it's interesting to see Katie Holmes back. Mm, I've yeah. seen her for a while. But I will say that in its predecessor, the first film, um, it was headlined by the Walking Dead star uh, Lauren Cohan mm. and she did a great job in the first one. So I wonder if they had the idea of making a sequel but they couldn't get the actors mm. so they've gone with a completely different story. And had the familiarity yeah. of the of the mansion. Kind really. of like within the Conjuring universe yeah. with Annabelle, it's the same doll but different characters, different storyline. For sure. I'm going to be a buzzkill like always. Yep. I don't like the first one at all. <laughs> Did you go in with high expectations? No, very low. Because oh. it's like I love horror too. So I watch literally anything that's horror. Yeah. But I no, this just wasn't it. Wasn't like, it? The first, I didn't really like the first one. I think it's because maybe I'm just sick of doll movies at this point. Mm, there is And a lot. we've had a lot of it. But I am kind of curious to watch this one because I don't know if oh, this is not really a spoiler, but the first one kind of ends with a giant plot twist. Yeah. And I don't know if this yeah. one's going to follow through with that or if it's just trying to start off as scratch. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think the ending of the last film sort of hinted that the doll was going to come back. So they usually do that even in standalone films. You might have like a cut scene at the end just to leave it open for a sequel because everyone loves a sequel these days. I, I certainly mm. think that if you haven't seen the first one, maybe at least research it before seeing it. And they've actually brought back the same director as the original 2016 boy film. Um, his name is William Brent Bell and he also has directed this film that I don't think anyone's ever watched called The Devil Inside. I have seen yeah. it. And it's got a whopping 6% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> so, yeah, there's Yeah, that. they've got a lot to live up to. Yeah. So. yeah, for sure. So who do you think should see this film? So obviously if you're a fan of doll movies, the mm. big the, the big one being Annabelle. Um, I, I I think I get vibes from The Babadook and even a little bit of yeah. The Strangers, Pray at Night, not the first one because the first one's incredible, but the sequel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, The Boy 2 is sure to inspire a rise out of you, but I suggest, yeah, you definitely research the first film before seeing this one. I've said this before, but honestly I think if you just want to munch on some popcorn and turn your brain off for a while, <laughs> you yeah. know, get some easy scares, yeah. it won't really affect you too much. Like I said before, Hereditary is completely different. This is not hereditary, you know, something mm. that you can just watch a horror film without actually going home really scared. Also still playing in cinemas, we have Sonic the Hedgehog. The much-loved video game character has his own movie now. Emma. Jane Austen's classic tale of a matchmaker. Richard Jewell. Clint Eastwood's new film about the 96 Atlanta bombing. And Fantasy Island. Ooh, where all your fantasies or nightmares may come true. <laughs> Yes, you can hear about all of those films, plus everything else showing in cinemas in our back catalogue on whatever podcast app you use. <laughs> I cannot believe my eyes. All right. We've only just started. Partners, word for word. An American and Scott. One brilliant. One mad. But which is which? He gave us life. He doesn't belong here doesn't belong anywhere else. He's a murderer. He lied to you. 
Mel Gibson's new film, The Professor and the Madman, is set in the mid-19th century and he plays a Professor James Murray who's working to compile the first edition of the Oxford English Dictionary. Now that's a very mammoth task. Mm. Every English word in history in one book. So he asks the public for help in submitting words and definitions and he receives over 10,000 entries from a patient at a criminal asylum. Played by Sean Penn. Yes, uh, Dr. William Minor, I believe his name is in. Yes, yeah, and he's a Civil War doctor and he's got some PTSD, a lot of PTSD, Mm -hmm. and he kills someone who he thinks is following him. Turns out it's the wrong man and he gets thrown in this asylum. Wow. But the prison guards seem to really take a shining to him. He's he's supposed to be a nice person even though he accidentally murdered someone. And so they give him a really nice room. They give him lots of bookshelves and a desk and they fit it out like this little unit for him and that's when he comes across this call out for help to submit words to the Oxford English Dictionary. Yeah. And, yeah, in his spare time, because he's got a lot of it, (laughs) I guess, he submits 10,000 entries. I feel like Hollywood is really obsessed at the moment with, like, uh, history films, like, that have changed, uh, you know, through invention. So yeah. we've got the upcoming current war, which is about the light bulb and Thomas yeah. Edison and and now this, or well, this and then that. <laughs> <laughs> it is quite a uh, star-studded cast, isn't it? We've got Mel Gibson and Sean Penn who are both, mm-hmm. you know, pretty big names. I'm just curious if that's going to actually pull it through because I think this story will not be appealing to everyone at, like, it's mm. going to be a tricky yeah. one I think because it's got such a big, a good cast in it. But yeah. the story, when I heard the story, I was like, oh. It's it's definitely a period drama that it's going to appeal to a certain set of people. But not only that, the controversy surrounding the making of this film is what really interested me Ooh, when tell. I heard about it. Please spill. Oh, yes, spill the beans. Um, so Mel Gibson and the director, Farad Safinia, mm. they, um, well, Med- Mel Gibson and Farad did Apocalypto together. They, yes. they co-wrote yeah. it. So they have that history. And Mel Gibson bought the rights to this. Well, it was a book by Simon Winchester from 98 called The Surgeon of Crowthorn. And it took him 17 years for him to make this production. So this is a intense labour of love for him. And him and the director wanted to do, I think, five days more of reshoots um, at this particular location in Oxford and they were going to go over budget. So the um, production company said no and then Mel Gibson had in his contract that he had final rights to look over the film before it was released. So kind of like like a director's cut. Yeah. Yeah. He was supposed to be able to say because it's his project. Sure. And they didn't let him do that because... It is already a long film. It's already a couple of hours. Mm. They've obviously done a lot of edits to what Mel Gibson and the director wanted in it and they were not happy with it. Mel Gibson actually sued the company. He didn't want the movie to be released without his final say and that's all been dropped. But him and the director don't want to promote it and they haven't um, had anything to do with it. Did he even say what should have been added? He said there were pivotal scenes in the the characters' stories that would explain their relationships a bit more because at the moment it's kind of like two individual stories, one about Sean Penn's character, one about Mel Gibson's character. They kind of meet a couple of times oh. and then that's it. It's well, really two different storylines. When I saw the uh, footage from it, I did feel that like obviously Mel Gibson's character he refers to him as a friend even though he's in an asylum. Yeah. And so I did see that there was a stronger than 
you know, usual connection between them. Yeah, they only meet a couple of times, but it's more about the intellectual, I guess, connection that they have because they write letters to each other a lot about it. And so because Mel Gibson is hounded by the university and, like, you can't do this, it's such a big project, you're taking too long. Also because he's Scottish and they're all English. They make fun of him being Scottish a few times as well. So he's kind of ostracised by this community, but he's trying to undertake this huge task. So he probably sees himself in Sean Penn's character. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. And they, yeah, they connect over this this idea that like the beauty of words mm, and mm. they're exploring the history of like instances of words that appear in stories and the meanings, well, as we know now yeah. to be a dictionary definition of that word and they've looked at it throughout each century. So who do you think should see this film? So this is based on a true story as we've mentioned. The the film, it focuses on the power of words and, and friendship and re- sort of reminded me of The Imitation Game. It's really a story for anyone that enjoys an inspiring redemption story with a focus on academia, told with some well-accomplished actors. I mean, they're both Oscar winners. So this one's for people that like your standard period drama like Emma that's also out at the moment um, with some good character acting and a simple plot. So you'll be able to follow it pretty easily. Hello? Did you do that? We didn't do anything. We're leaving. What are you talking about? Look outside. We're stuck here. So the lodge follows a family retreat to a remote winter cabin over the holidays. The father is then forced to abruptly leave for work, which leaves his new girlfriend to look after his children. Grace is isolated and alone, and the blizzard happening outside has trapped her inside with these children that she doesn't know that well. And when terrifying events start to happen that are related to her past, who knows what will go wrong? This, for me, is a very fascinating tale because I love uh, thrilling uh, sort of films where it's situated in one place because I feel... Horror films in general don't work as well for me if they're going different places because I, I want to mm. feel that that feeling of confinement and yeah. Yeah. this ticked every box for me when I, I was watching the, the trailer. So mm. I'm, I'm, I'm highly anticipating. And it feels like it's got a lot of religious overtones perhaps. Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, a lot of cult, mm. the occult kind of supernatural themes in it and I'm really into that as yeah. well. Mm. Yeah. This one actually stars Jaden Martell from It Fame and Riley Q, who has also been in films such as It Comes at Night, another, you know, horror kind of thriller film, Under the Silver Lake and Mad Max Fury Road. Mm. And we've also got Richard Armitage, who's the father. So I don't think he's going to be in it a lot. And Alicia Silverstone, who plays the mother of the children, who is no longer in the picture, but we do see some flashbacks to her. I would have liked a bit more of Alicia Silverstone. Batgirl. Love her. Mm. Clueless. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> so this is the first English language film for the Austrian director-writers, Severin Fiala and Veronica Franz, and they did Goodnight Mummy from mm. 2014, which is a highly awarded horror film. So I think this might be a little bit different to your normal Hollywood-type horror. Yes. After watching the trailer, the film does seem to be taking a bit more of a quote-unquote indie alternative approach to horror. The trailer reminds me a lot of other horror films that I love deeply, like Hereditary, 
killing of a sacred deer, the lighthouse, the witch, and even like the Babadook. Yeah, I got that vibe too. Yeah. So, you know, a few films to say the least. I think a lot that have a big cult following now. And I feel like this has been a trend with modern horror to step back from the more popcorn mentality that horror got trapped into for a while there, Mm. you know, with a lot of conjuring Annabelle kind of stuff. So less jump scares and huge scary monsters and trying to focus more on realistic horror of life, such as like death, grieving, family, sexuality, one's past, stuff like that. And as a huge fan of horror, like I mentioned earlier, this change in trend of modern horror is one of my favourite things and I think it is literally so refreshing and nice to have. It's like we've got these two forks going off from the same hub of horror. Like yes. Like we've got yeah, mm. the, the boy and 47 metres down, like all those type of popcorn horrors that you mentioned and then you've got this, you know, hereditary midsummer, like, and then they're going on this way. And I, I, I like both. This is the sort of psychological thriller horrors that rely on uncomfortably long shots, long stretches of silence, the sort of, yeah, the the horror in real things around you, like in the house and in people's past and, and those sorts of things. It's got a lot of the religious overtones, whereas, yeah, the boy is more the hammer horror of the 80s, very like schlock, <laughs> blood and gore. So who do you think should see this one? So this one is full of twists and uh, quite interesting story elements. The Lodge is, it's unpredictable and is for those who prefer a more intelligent psychological thriller akin to say I even got uh, echoes of the snowman, maybe because it's set in the snow, (laughs) or or even Panic Room, like, you know, you're stuck in isolation. I'd say if you're a big fan of directors like Ari Aster and Robert Eggers who are of like The Lighthouse and um, Hereditary fame, very, you know, if you like alternative horror films that are a little bit, you know, you have to turn your brain on to watch them. Now, if the recent spate of Disney's live-action remakes hasn't whet your appetite, then Village is offering the Disney BFF Film Festival. And this week, it's the original Aladdin. So grab your magic carpet and your BFFs and get your tickets. Now, for your chance to win a gold-class double pass, head to the Village Cinema's Facebook or Instagram page, look for the Cinema Crew post and answer the question, What's your favourite dog movie? Wizard of Oz. Obviously. Is it though? <laughs> Is that <laughs> a dog film? Toto's in more scenes than Dorothy. Oh, okay. Mm. Yes, comment your answer for your chance to win. Coming up next week, Lee Winnell's The Invisible Man. Miss Fisher gets her own film in Miss Fisher and the Crypt of Tears. Hard-boiled New York detectives in Motherless Brooklyn. And Shia LaBeouf plays his own father in Honey Boy. That's next week on The Cinema Crew. Thanks, Dan. Thank you. Thank you, Maddie. Thank you. And I'm Vari. Thanks for being here with us. We'll see you next time on The Cinema Crew with Village Cinemas.